Wretched Radio begins in three, two, one. If it brings her to the same point that it brings you, it doesn't matter whether she called it God along the way or not. That understanding works for you, so therefore it is absolutely right for you. All beliefs have become only relatively true, and of course to the world, religion is just some personalized experience, not a divine revelation, and the church is catching the disease. It's time for Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Hello, this is Wretched Radio. It's Witness Wednesday. I am at Georgia Tech, and it is a perfectly lovely day. Oh, look, a woman with a headscarf. Should we talk to her? Let's. I, why not give it a go, shall we? Let's start the day out wrong. Excuse me. Hey, while you're walking to your building, could I ask you a question on the radio? Um, sir. Okay, what country are you from? I I was born in the United States, but my parents are from Lebanon. From Lebanon, which yes. okay, because I've got to tell you, you've got a headscarf on. Would that yes. be called a hijab? Yes, it is. And yet you've got blue jeans on. Yes. Okay, when I think Islam, uh-huh. help me. What? How? What's going on? I mean, it's just a lifestyle. I mean, we just have to be modest, but it doesn't mean you know we can't live the way Americans do. It doesn't. We're not oppressed. We still have our freedoms, our rights. So I mean, I'm free to wear whatever I want as long as it's modest. How come we don't see this, for instance, in Saudi Arabia? Normally, if somebody's wearing the headgear, it's usually the full body covering. Are you considered a liberal Muslim, or is this acceptable worldwide from Islam? This is acceptable worldwide, not just here, but, for instance, in the Saudi Arabia, the government tends to follow strictly, and, I mean, each each person has their own interpretation of what Islamic law really wants its followers to adhere by, but each country is different, but Saudi Arabia tends to be a little bit more extreme than the rest of the world. Okay, tell me, why should I become a Muslim? What would you give me as a reason to become a part of your religion? Well, it's a very fair religion. It just wants the best for the people, and it might be strict in some aspects, but it's only for the best, and, you know, it's very just, it's very fair to everyone. It wants everyone to follow the you know the the like straight path of religion in order to like live the best life possible for the hereafter so to live the best in order to go to the life hereafter i have to live a good life now exactly how good of a life do i need to live i'm kind of curious you just have to you know be righteous and you know follow the path yikes i have to be righteous yes i'm in trouble well isn't that the same for every religion or does you know some religions you know accept you know people to do Um, wrong i mean christianity is different mm -hmm. i I can't speak for the others Mm -hmm. but i think christianity is different Mm -hmm. than that but righteous also means if you do wrong you can better yourself i mean everyone makes mistakes and that's how you become a better person but once you make that mistake you can you always learn from your some your mistakes and you move on you know to become a better not trying to be semantical but if i do bad things Mm -hmm. wouldn't that make me not righteous well, if you fix your wrongs afterwards or you learn from your mistakes, that could still be considered righteous. So I'm, I'm a Christian. If mm-hmm. I die, according to Islam, mm-hmm. what's going to happen to me? Well, I mean, no one knows for sure. Each person is judged depending on what how they live their lives. So, how righteous they are. Yeah. Okay. So if, if a Christian lives their life, you know, according to, you know, the path of God in the right way, I mean, Islam and Christianity are not that much different. So in the end, you know, like, it just depends on how you're judged. Okay. And well, each person is just depending on, you know, what they do in their lives. And nobody else is there to judge except God. Okay, first question. How are you doing? Are you righteous right now? <laughs> 
Um, I do make a lot of mistakes on a daily basis, Uh-oh. and I have, yeah, I mean, but when I mean righteous, I just I don't mean you have to live a perfect life. I mean we follow the path um, that the prophet you know laid out for us, and we're just supposed to, you know to to our best. We're just supposed to follow that path, and you know I mean we are going to be a you know go astray, but we're just we just we're just supposed to you know try our best to follow and learn from our so mistakes. Do you think right now you'd mm-hmm. be fit for heaven? No, I'm not. You're not. I'm not. See, there is. A, then that would be a big difference between Islam and Christianity. Mm-hmm. The word righteous is important. We believe because mm-hmm. we believe something different about Jesus. We mm-hmm. believe that He's actually God Himself, yeah. and that His righteousness can be credited to our account, so we can be seen as righteous, mm-hmm. so we can be acceptable to God based on what He's done. Because mm-hmm. all we've done is sinned. So that's a major difference. Right. Christianity would be about grace and forgiveness. Mm-hmm. What you're describing sounds like I got to work pretty hard and perfect myself. Well, you don't have to perfect yourself. You just have to live your best. And, I mean, each person does their best in life. It doesn't mean you have to be perfect. We have a perfect role model, which is the prophet. But you don't, I mean, there is no perfect human being. But we just have to try our best to live our lives as close to the way he did. Hmm. And that's how Muslims are. That's interesting because as we part company here in New Scoot, mm-hmm. if I died right now, even though I know that I've sinned, I know mm-hmm. that I'd go to heaven mm-hmm. because of what Jesus did mm-hmm. for me because mm-hmm. he was perfectly righteous mm-hmm. so that I could have my sins forgiven mm-hmm. so that he gets credit for me going to heaven and I don't. Mm-hmm. That's pretty different. Hey, yeah, thanks for the chat. That Thank was very you. interesting. Thank you very much. Have a good day. Okay. Huge difference between the two. It's Witness Wednesday. It's Wretched Radio. Oh, there's another moment with a... Oh, excuse me. Could I ask you a question on the radio? I was just talking to a woman from America, but her parents, I think, are from Lebanon or from Libya. And she was wearing a headscarf, but she wasn't wearing the black like you are right now. Which one is the right way for an Islamic woman to dress? Actually, a Muslim woman is supposed to dress up conservatively, mm-hmm. basically. This is actually traditional. It's not um, religious. So it basically is to protect yourself more. Yeah, basically you're supposed to be wearing loose clothing. It's, it doesn't have to be... Um, this is called an abaya. Yeah, you don't have to wear this, but just for like extra... Um, if you're extra conservative or something, then... And when you said for your protection, what did you mean by that? Um, basically, you're, um, because there's an emphasis on modesty... So men looking at you inappropriately. Yeah. Okay. So when you see a woman who was, she was wearing the headscarf like you are, but she was wearing tight-fitting clothing, is was she is she wrong to dress like that? Actually, wearing the headscarf does not mean that you can wear anything on like underneath. You know, you're supposed to be wearing loose clothing because that's the whole point. It doesn't like. You're not supposed to dress tightly because it defeats a purpose, basically, mm-hmm. of wearing a headscarf. Now, there would be some people in America who would say, this seems oppressive to women. How do you respond to that? I don't think it oppresses women. It actually, we like we as Muslims, we feel that it liberates women. How? Because it stops them from being objectified by other people. People don't look at your looks and your beauty. They look at how you are inside, inner beauty and your mind, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And if you don't wear something like this, mm-hmm. let's say that you decided, I'm not going to follow the rules, what's the response of Islam? Um... Actually, it is mandatory. It says in the Quran, the holy book, that you're supposed to wear it. But um, if you're not, then like we're like nobody to judge other people. That's like that's God's job, basically. So we can't really say anything to them. But it it, it is mandatory in Islam to wear it. Okay. Now I asked that young lady if she would tell me one reason why I 
should convert to Islam. Can you give me one really good reason to become a Muslim? Um, if you read the Quran, then all the answers are there. You know, there's nothing contradictory in the book. And okay, let me tell you what my biggest concern in life is. Mm-hmm. I've got this bad feeling when I die, it is not going to go well for me. I have done bad things. Can Islam help me? If you convert to Islam, then all your previous sins will be washed. Really? Yeah. How does that work? I'm very intrigued. Well, God is like very forgiving and merciful. So, basically, when you convert to Islam, then He forgets all the other like stuff which you did before because it's a new beginning. Okay. So, a couple of questions. One would be, if a judge forgives somebody's past. Let's say, let's say a criminal was standing before a judge, and the criminal said, Judge, I've turned over a new leaf. Can the judge just forgive his past crimes? Is that just? No, it's not like that exactly, but when you convert to Islam, then you basically didn't know a lot of stuff, which was like, you know, the rules in Islam. And when you convert to Islam, then you know, then you're held accountable. Perfect. So if I become a Muslim, my past forgiven, what if I don't keep the rules after becoming a Muslim, then what happens? Yeah, then you're held accountable for it. And so, do I have to be perfect in keeping the rules before I die? Uh, you have to try your best. It's basically, it's the effort that counts. It's the intention. But um, we all make mistakes, and you can always ask for forgiveness and repent. And yeah. help, help me out, because I, I happen to be a Christian, and we believe in repentance and that God can forgive our sins because Jesus, we believe he's God. I know you don't, but mm-hmm. we do. Because he died on a cross for us, taking the punishment we deserve. That's how God can justly forgive our sins because our fine has been paid by Jesus. How does the fine get paid in Islam? We don't think that anyone else can be held accountable for what we have done. So, you, so you're held accountable for yourself. Yeah. So do, as a Muslim now... If, if you die right now, have you kept all the rules? Are you secure that you're going to go to heaven? Well, we've tried our best, basically. We don't really, we can never tell if we're going to heaven or hell. That's like only God knows that. So you don't know for sure? Yeah, we don't know for sure. Oh, that's but interesting. We just have to okay. keep trying, yeah. All right. That's kind of a, that's kind of a bummer because, you know, in Christianity, yeah. we believe that we know that we're going to go to heaven mm-hmm. because Jesus did it all well, for us. Well, basically, we do know that eventually, like, we think that all Muslims are going to go to heaven. But if you have sinned, like, your whole life on something, and uh, then you will have to, like, pay for it by, like, cleansing yourself. So all Muslims eventually go to heaven. What about, for instance, Jews and Christians? What's going to happen to them for eternity? I'm not really sure what's going to happen to them. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Hey, thank you very much. Pleasure to meet you. You can't shake hands. hands. (laughs) Right out. That other woman did. Is that forbidden also? It is forbidden because there's, like, yeah, again, the modesty thing. Right. But that's my husband, if you want to... Oh, no, very cool. Hello. Oh, hello, sir. Nice to meet you. Your wife has been very helpful. I've been asking her questions about Islam. Oh. All right, excellent. We are at Georgia Tech. We are talking with... What's your name? First name? Sir. And your name is? Amil. And Amil is going to explain to me about the afterlife, where do Muslims go, where do Christians go, where do Jews go. It's a Witness Wednesday on Wretched Radio. Ah, some good news. Two encouragements from the Tomorrow Clubs. They have hundreds of weekly kids meeting clubs in Eastern Europe. But now they've expanded to Africa. 
And the kids are swarming the Tomorrow Clubs. They have never seen greater attendance than the hundreds of new clubs that they are opening up in Africa. That should encourage all of us. The gospel is going forth and reaching kids in unreached places. Encouragement number two, would you like to become a Tomorrow Clubs ministry partner? Your support will help the Tomorrow Clubs open up even more Tomorrow Clubs and reach even more kids with the gospel. Please consider becoming a ministry partner at tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched. Tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched. Have you ever wanted to understand your Bible just a little bit better? Well, that's the promise that we're going to make with the Read Your Bible Better Bundle. It's available right now at wretched.org through the end of this month. First up in the bundle, you're going to find Herman Who. If you've ever struggled with interpreting the Bible in the correct fashion, you know, grammatically and historically, well, then Herman Who is for you. Also in the bundle, you're going to find It's Not Greek to Me. So when you nod along with your pastor during church, you'll know exactly why you're nodding along. Then there's Drive-By Theology. No more confusion, no more uncertainty. You'll know exactly what you believe and why you believe it. And then Jesus Unmasked is also included. With Jesus Unmasked, you'll start to see the Bible as a cohesive book about one subject, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Oh, and did I mention along with all of these resources, you're also going to get their study guides. It's the Read Your Bible Better bundle, and it's only available right now at wretched.org through the end of the month. So, you're not convinced of the importance of training men to rightly divide the word of truth and fill pulpits internationally? Fine. Then we'll let Paul Washer convince you. It is so important, not just important, it's absolutely essential to have a trained expositor of the scripture in every church. When we read through the book of Acts, we can see that the kingdom of God, the kingdom of Christ, advances as the word of God advances. Would you please consider joining the Master's Academy International in filling empty pulpits with men who can exposit the scriptures and advance the kingdom of God it's a magnificent ministry with a generational impact. Please learn more about supporting TMAI at wretched.org slash pastor, wretched.org slash pastor for the Master's Academy International. Books of the Bible. Lamentations is a book of poems written by Jeremiah after the fall of Jerusalem. They are marked by weeping, woes, and affliction. But even in sorrow, Jeremiah praises God. He proclaims God's justice, cries out to God for mercy, and confesses his faith in God. Lamentations teaches us a godly way to express sorrow and grow in the midst of loss. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Sahur and Amil. How did I do did, did that right? Not bad, yeah. I probably butchered it. We are at Georgia Tech. It's Wretched Radio. And we were chatting with Amil. I said that right, right? Amil. XN on the first syllable. Yes. Amil, what does your name mean? Uh, worker. Worker. And yours means gone. Yeah. So, worker, Amil. Just quickly, sir. Now, tell me. I'm intrigued. You're wearing mostly kind of like American clothes. Mm-hmm. And you're wearing a... What is your hat called? In Arabic, I guess it's called Kufi. And why are you wearing it? Uh, our Prophet Muhammad, uh, peace be upon him, it's, it, was an, uh, it was a practice of his to cover his hair. So it's out of 
following him and out of love for him. Okay, for Muhammad. Yes. The man. Okay. And your beard, sir. You're yes. growing. Is there any? Is there spiritual or religious significance to that? Yes. Again, the reason is both. Like it was a command of Prophet Muhammad mm-hmm. for men to grow their beards. So. How come? Well, we follow it uh, based on his command, but then there are some wisdoms uh, behind it. So, for example, one was to be like a kind of differentiation between men and women. Oh, so a gender, not so much in Islam versus Christianity or it's Judaism. Also that. It's also that. I mean, these are just some different... Uh, one of them was also. One of them is also a kind of identity of a Muslim. Mm-hmm. Another one is identity of a male. Versus and, female. Yeah. Now, where do Muslims go when they die? Uh, so, ultimately, we believe that salvation depends on the mercy of God. So, whether one performs good deeds their whole life or bad deeds their whole life, ultimately, the power lies in the uh, hands of God to decide their fate. But in the case of Muslims, um, Muslims are judged according to their actions, so their good deeds and bad deeds are weighed, and mm-hmm. then according to that, uh, God makes a decision according to His justice and mercy. Um, it's, so it sounds like if you got more good than bad, the scales tip, mm-hmm. and to paradise you go? Is that yeah. how it works? Yes. So how do you know what the scale system... Okay, so for instance, if you told a lie, mm-hmm. I assume you've told a lie sometime in your life, mm-hmm. what do you need to do to make up for telling the lie? Uh, you repent. Uh, you ask forgiveness from God. I can. I understand that, but mm-hmm. you, if I understood you right, mm-hmm. Amil, you said you have to, that's your name, work mm-hmm. to make the bad go away. Do you know what the work is for lying? What do you have to do to make up for that? You have to seek forgiveness from God. If it's something which has affected like a human being, mm-hmm. then there may be more, uh, you know, more work required to fix that. And so what is the work? So, for example, it may be, uh, in some case, it may require asking forgiveness from some, uh, like a physical person who you've harmed. Mm-hmm. If not, then, like, for example, if there's something which has not affected other people, then you're just asking direct forgiveness from God. Yeah. Uh, help me out, because you said that, though, you have to work for it. Mm-hmm. So, is your saying you're sorry, is that the work that's required? So, it sounds like all you have to do is just say, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. For lying, and then it's erased. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. What about something more extreme? Whether it's lusting or hurt. Let's say I punched you in the nose. Mm-hmm. What would I have to do? What work would I have to do to have the scales balanced for me? I think then in that case, part of it would be seeking forgiveness from the person and God, and then the other part of it, like in terms of the punishment on the person, mm-hmm. that would be handled by the court system. I mean, for example, an Islamic country would be handled by the Islamic court system. So they would decide what I need to do. Now, well, they would decide what the punishment would be. Oh, so there's a punishment there for my wrongdoing. There could be not. I don't know. I'm just saying that okay. then that would be decided by them. Okay. Now, how, how, what about things, though, Amil, like thought life? Okay, let's just think, you know, okay, I think those guys walking by, they're jerks, they're idiots. That's a bad thought about them. Mm-hmm. Or if I had a sexual thought about a mm-hmm. woman... Uh, that's probably not going to go to court. How do those sins get dealt with? How do I make up for those sins? So one thing is, if a th- if a person dwells upon a thought, mm-hmm. then the person is accountable for that. So. So what do I need to do to make up for that? 
you would seek forgiveness and also you would try to seek some sort of uh, cure for that. So for example, different things are prescribed, um, like for example spending some time in remembrance of God that purifies the heart and the mind. So a person should try to do both. So one is ask for forgiveness and the other is a person should also try to seek a cure. As for those thoughts uh, which come like inadvertently, mm -hmm. then uh, the person uh, is not held accountable for those. So, Okay, so do you know as a Muslim man that your slate is clean right now? No. You don't know? No. So I mean, there's a Muslim like... Uh, we live our lives like according to hope and fear. We have hope in the forgiveness of God, but we also fear that perhaps... You know, our uh, repentance is not accepted or, for example, our good deeds are not accepted. So really, mm. it's up to God in the end. But we try our best and we have hope. One of the, one of the things that I asked yeah. your wife about was if a, if a criminal mm. says that he's sorry to the judge, mm -hmm. the judge, because he is just, must still punish the criminal mm -hmm. because saying you're sorry does not pay for the fine. And in, I happen to be a Christian. In Christianity, we believe that Jesus paid the fine by dying on a cross mm -hmm. on our behalf, taking the punishment that we deserve. He took it upon himself. That is what allows God to be just and the justifier of the unrighteous because he died as the righteous one on our behalf. How does, how does justice get accounted for in Islam? Who's the fine payer in Islam for your wrongdoings? Ultimately, you are. I mean, if you haven't... Let's say that... Uh, if you've done something against someone... Like, for example... Um, let's say you've stolen someone's money. Okay. Then you are accountable to give it back. Now, if you don't in this life... And let's say you haven't given the money back... And you haven't sought forgiveness from the person. Like, for example, you could steal some money... And the guy said, it's okay, it's fine. You can keep it. So let's say that doesn't happen and he's angry with you and everything. Then, uh, like in the hereafter, you would be punished You'd for that. You'd be punished for that. Yeah. Okay, now let's move on mm -hmm. to the Jews and the Christians. Mm -hmm. Ultimately, Muslims go to heaven. Mm -hmm. What about Jews and Christians? What happens to us? If the message uh, has reached them and they reject it, then uh, they go to the hellfire. Now, Forever. Yes. Now, if the... There's a debate about what uh, the message reaching them and they're denying it is. And that's a long discussion, but that's ultimately what the... Uh, what if I said, Amir, that yeah. I have been a good person? <laughs> I haven't done those things. And when I did, when I stole, I said I was sorry. <laughs> I returned the money. In fact, I gave twice as much back. <laughs> would I not be allowed into paradise? Right. It would depend upon the belief Belief and action. So belief is. Uh, so it's not just works. It's right, also belief. belief. Is a prerequisite. So I should. I need to believe in Allah. Uh, and the Prophet uh, Muhammad is the last messenger. Okay. You know, you're probably aware on this campus and everywhere these days. Are you familiar with postmodernism? Yes. That all roads lead to God. As long as you believe that that's good enough for you, it's mm -hmm. that's your truth. Would you, as a Muslim, say, no? As a Christian, you're wrong. Yes. Okay. So I'm wrong. Jews Jews are wrong. Right. And we're going to hell. Right. Because of that, then, what is the evangelism program of Islam? Do you seek to share the message with somebody like me who's going to hell? There are different ways of sharing. So one is through actions, through deed, and uh, 
Yeah, it is my responsibility. That's true. Okay. So I, is it maybe too, because the way you dress is different, mm-hmm. is that part of the evangelism program? Yeah, you could say that. Okay. Has anybody, now how long have you been in America? Um, about 10 years. About 10 years. Okay, so you're wearing khakis and a, and a blue pinstripe shirt. You look like you're from Connecticut, except for the beard mm-hmm. and your hat. Has anybody ever stopped you to say, hey, tell me about your religion? I don't think they've asked it that way, but they probably asked, what is this? You know, Why are you what dressed is like that? Yeah, exactly. Has anybody ever said to you, tell me about your hope, tell me about the afterlife, because they were intrigued by the way you're dressing? Mm, probably not. Probably not. Mm-hmm. All right. So there is a big difference then between Islam and Christianity, isn't there? Right. I actually have to get going. Yeah, that's great. Okay. You've been a gentleman. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. This is Wretched Radio. It's Witness Wednesday. What you just heard really was clear, was it not? What you just heard is work righteousness. You just heard about Islam, a self-righteous, work-righteous religion that leaves poor people never knowing for sure what's going to happen to them when they die. Wasn't it interesting when we were talking to the wife who couldn't shake my hand, although the other Muslim woman can, but the woman who didn't shake my hand couldn't judge the woman who did shake my hand because you can't judge even though she believes that what she did was wrong. Are we all tracking this? And it was a legalism system for her and her clothing and in everything she does because ultimately, just like her husband said, they do not know what is going to happen to them when they die. Why? Because they've got to do more good than bad. And the system relies on themselves. And they know that they haven't done enough because we all have a conscience and we know that we've sinned. And there is a huge difference between Islam and Christianity. But I will say this. The good thing that came out of that was at least he was willing to say, as opposed to the postmoderns, that we're wrong. And I applaud that. The next time somebody says to you that Islam and Christianity are pretty much the same thing anyway, you can share with them, no, they do not. Ask a Muslim, because the Muslim will tell you that Islam and Christianity are not the same thing. Don't let them get away with that. All right, we are at Georgia Tech. It's Witness Wednesday. This is Wretched Radio. And it's now time for a Wretched News Break here on Wretched Radio. I'm Jimmy Hicks. First up, Sam Bankman-Fried, the founder of FTX, is currently experiencing what some might consider jailhouse hospitality. Denied HDHD medication and vegan-friendly food while in custody, he awaits trial for multiple charges related to his collapsed cryptocurrency empire. Another news, Janet Robinson, a brave mother of three, has made waves in California after being fired for expressing her concerns over LGBT curriculum for kids. The company she worked for, Compass, a real estate company, showed her the door because she spoke up outside of work at a school board meeting for her children. This differs from yesterday's story about a Southwest flight attendant who spoke about religious things during a flight. Miss Robertson was on her own time. The Southwest flight attendant was on her company's time. See the difference there? Next, let's hop over to Australia, where a women's rights activist has tangled up in a bunch of legal woes because she has misgendered trans soccer players. She's accused of calling a man a man, which seems like truth it's now forbidden she's been dragged to court in four separate cases so it's not just free speech that's under attack it's truth speak that's under attack as well 
And it seems like the dwindling job market will just continue to dwindle as workers are now demanding nearly $80,000 in yearly salary to start a new position. How about them Bidenomics, folks? A Muslim man in Indonesia has received a lighter sentence for disrupting a Christian worship service, prompting pretty major criticism of religious rights imbalances. And as always, please make sure that you're continuing to pray for all of our persecuted brothers and sisters abroad. Finally today in Washington, five pro-life advocates on trial are facing 11 years in prison for their attempts to protect unborn lives at a late-term abortion facility. It's funny the things this country goes to links to prosecute and the things they go to links to cover up. And that's been today's Wretched News Break. More Wretched Radio is straight ahead. I'm Jimmy Hicks. Titles of Christ In the Bible, Jesus is given many titles that teach us about who He is and what He has done. Jesus is called our Passover. During the first Passover, God spared those whose doors were covered with the blood of a lamb. When we trust in Christ, we are covered by His blood so that we are spared from God's wrath. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. It's Witness Wednesday. I'm at Georgia Tech. Excuse me, young man. While you're standing on the corner smoking a cigarette, could I talk to you on the radio for a second? Yeah. You up for that? Yeah. Cool. How's about if we sit down to boot? How's that? All right. What radio what station? You, what you, it's called Wretched Radio is what it's called. Radio. What are, you, what, are you, what are you studying here at Georgia Tech? Um, actually, I'm visiting. Yeah? Where are you from? Arizona. Culinary school out there. You want to be a cook? Yes. Sous chef? Um, actually, I'm thinking pastry or bakery. Really? There's an art to that. Do you ever watch those TV shows on, like, uh, you do? For the most part. Yeah, you like those? Yeah. Yeah. I'm fat on the inside. Yeah, but you're kind of a scrawny guy. I mean, nothing nothing personal. Yeah. I, I'm scrawny, too, so I can say that. It's okay. I know the feeling. All right, so you eat a bunch of pastry and you don't gain any weight. Nothing. What's that system about? for me. Well, because? Pardon my word choice. Well, it's your choice. So why, why would that be bad for you? You can't trust a thin chef, especially in a pastry. Really? Yeah. Would, could, you want, would you want to buy something from a, a, a twig? Well, you know, I'll have to think that through because I figured it out with getting your hair cut. Here's how it works. When you walk into a place to get your hair cut, do you know which stylist or barber you should pick? By the way, men should only go to places where they're barbers. But do you know which uh, one you should pick? I do the same. I look for the one with the best haircut. Because? He, he knows what he's doing. It's, or she. Ah, uh, see, I think it's I think it's flipped. You look for the guy with the bad haircut because here's how it works. They sit around all day and what do they do? They cut each other's hair. So the guy with the good haircut got the haircut from the guy with the bad haircut. True. So you pick the guy with the bad haircut because he gave the good haircut to the other guy. Reverse yeah. thinking. Yeah, I didn't even go to Georgia Tech for that. Where'd you go? Ah, uh, <laughs> it's a lot. It's I studied to be a pastor what I studied. Okay, okay. But I wasn't, uh, there was a little problem. I wasn't actually a Christian. What religion? Well, Christian, but I was, uh, have you ever heard, have you ever heard, are you a Christian by any chance? What are you? Jewish. You're Jewish. Okay. In Christianity, there's a term called a false convert. Somebody who says they believe in God, but they don't act like it. That was me. Yeah, that'd be me too. Yeah. I studied about Jesus during the day, but I live like the devil at night. That's not a true Christian. That's, by the way, why you see a bunch of people who call themselves Christians, but they do crummy things all the time. Mm -hmm. It's because they're probably a false convert like I was. Okay, okay. So you're a Jew, but you're not a good Jew. Nope. Really? Nope. How do you know this? Um, I've been to temple twice in my life. That's it? Yep. Okay, as a Jew, what do you think you need to do to get to heaven? Um, 
As a Jew, I wouldn't even know where to begin. But in recent, I don't want to call it studying, but learnings, I don't think I've done anything wrong enough on the planet to go to hell. Really? Yep. I see, I do. No, I mean, well, fine. I mean, I don't know about you. Well, actually, you probably have. Um, according to, like, Bible ways and, like, true Christian ways yeah. and Jewish ways, yeah, I've committed many sins. You've broken and, the commandments. Exactly. Right. Like lying. Yeah. And stealing? Mm, when I was younger and didn't know better. Okay. How's about as an adult downloading music, taking something from your parents? Actually. Showing up late for work and saying you're on time? Uh, showing up late for work, yeah. Music, nope. Still work. Still trying to figure out. Because you don't know how to do exactly. it. Exactly. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> All right, so how's about this one? This this is a little bit more extreme in Christianity because the commandment, thou shalt not commit adultery, are you marrying? No. Okay, but Jesus said that if you just look with lust, you've committed adultery in your heart. Yeah. Busted, eh? Yeah. Yeah. So that would that would leave you a liar and a well sort of a thief and a an adulterer at heart mm-hmm. so if God judged you and the standard was the Ten Commandments Not do you think you'd, you think you'd go to hell that's a horrible thought yep that's what I that's I was convinced of that I knew that I just knew that about myself because I knew that I I mean I didn't do what I was told as a kid. I was naughty. I was mouthy. You know, all I wanted to do was live for myself. God certainly was not first in my life. Yep. And I knew that if I died, I am going to a very bad place. Yeah. So that's where you're going. By God laws, yeah. Yeah. By the Ten Commandments, yeah. And they're the only laws that matter. In my opinion, yeah. Right? Yeah. Okay, so in Judaism, what would you have to do to get your sins forgiven? To be honest, I don't even know. Do you remember the story of Cain and Abel? I've heard it, yes. Cain killed his brother. And because his brother Abel had sacrificed a lamb for, a, for an offering to God. Do you know what Passover is about? Do you yeah. remember that story? The, the threat that kill the firstborn unless you sacrifice a lamb, mm-hmm. put the blood on the doorpost, and yeah. the death angel will pass over. Do you remember the story about Abraham and Isaac? Yeah. Isaac was going to be sacrificed, but God stopped him. And in Isaac's place, do you remember what he provided? A lamb. Yeah, it was, it was a, a ram sacrifice. And it was all kind of force. It was all about blood. It was always about blood. To get your sins covered, not forgiven. That's what the Day of Atonement was about. Do you remember the Yom Kippur? Yeah. Sacrifice a lamb for the covering of your sins. So you need, you need a blood sacrifice for your sins to be forgiven. That's what you need. Have you sacrificed any lambs lately? Uh, it's been a while. It's <laughs> just kidding. No, I don't think I've ever sacrificed a lamb. <laughs> I'm kind of relieved by that. Okay, so you are without a sacrifice, so you're still in your sins, mm-hmm. so you'd be going to hell. What do you know about Christianity? Who's the lamb in Christianity? Jesus. Yeah. All that lamb business in the Old Testament, he fulfilled in the new by being the perfect sacrifice because if you you ever seen a lamb get sacrificed no it's really something because they're really stupid well it's definitely not pretty it's really not but it's more they you know they shave the neck and then they you know and the thing the dumb lamb will like lick the hand of the guy who's about to execute him because he doesn't know if he's going to get a haircut lunch or his head cut off yeah just a stupid lamb and that can't forgive your sins but Jesus is the lamb of God the perfect God man fully God fully man so that he could appease the wrath of God and represent you as a man he was the perfect lamb sacrifice for the complete forgiveness of sins yep so that's how my sins got forgiven 
his work credited to my account. He was the sacrifice for my sins. That's what Christianity is about. Yeah. Did you know that? I knew he was crucified to... What's the word I'm looking for? For our sins. Right. Another word I'm looking for. Yeah, that's right. But no, that's right. So, do you believe that actually happened? Do you believe that's true, or is that a tale to you? Um, I wouldn't even know where to begin to start with that, because I mean, I was I was born in, into a Jewish family, but neither my mother nor my father, by the time I came around, was still involved with temple. Um, How old are you? Twenty-one. You're a grown man. Yeah. So you've got to examine stuff to see what's yeah. true. And that's what I've been doing over the past couple of years. Since I turned 18, I've looked into, like, a few different religions just to see their aspects on it. That's where I learned that Christ was the put Good on the cross you. to forgive the sins of every other man. Good for you. Um, but born a Jew and always hearing that Christ was not the Savior, I it would... Kind of beat into you. Exactly. Right. It would definitely take a lot of me learning more about Christianity, Judaism. I even want to study Buddhism at one point. Have you learned about any religion that offers complete forgiveness of sins because somebody has paid your fine for you outside of Christianity? No, not that I know of. That's a very unique aspect of Christianity, which kind of gets your attention. Because all the other religions, Buddhism, even Judaism, you got to work, you got to do. In fact, I was just talking to a couple of Muslims. They've got to do certain things, and maybe they'll go to a better place, but they don't know for sure. Mm-hmm. And all those religions are based on their works. Christianity is based on the work of Jesus. And all that stuff that was going on in the Old Testament, all those lamb sacrifices, were all what's called foreshadowing, all pointing toward the fulfillment in the Messiah, the lamb shed his blood for the forgiveness of sins because they could shed the, the blood of a million lambs and they still wouldn't have their sins forgiven because yeah. a lamb sacrifice doesn't get it done but the God man Jesus does get the job done well good for you for studying this stuff in order to get your sins forgiven by Jesus you've got to, you've got to figure out if it's true that's for sure but do you know what you must do to have the atoning work you know the Yom Kippur the day of atonement mm-hmm. The atoning work of Jesus, do you know what you need to do to have that work applied to you? Yeah. Have you ever heard the word repent? Yeah. Yeah. You've got to repent. Hmm. It means a lot. It's not just saying I'm sorry or changing your mind. It means recognizing who the true God is, that Jesus is his son, that he died on the cross. You're a really bad sinner. If, if man could look into your heart, here's one for you. If we could put a computer chip behind your ear and record every thought... For a week and then put it up on the internet dude I don't know about you but I'd want to crawl in it under a rock <laughs> right it probably wouldn't be anything good God sees all of that and you've got to agree with God I've done nothing but break his laws and Jesus died for me a sinner and you say you're sorry and you turn from your sins you don't become perfect but you turn from them you leave them behind and you put your trust in his son the lamb of God who died to take away the sins of the world and God says when you do that then the goodness of Jesus gets credited to your account your badness put on him his goodness credited to you you get adopted as God's son you become his child all of your sins past present and future forgiven so that God can get all the credit for saving a really bad guy like you and me Hmm. so you got to repent and trust him definitely you're trying to figure stuff out. Good for you. Do you have a Bible? Uh, Old Testament, New Testament, and the King James Version. Do me a huge favor, dude. 
when you get home, when you read the Gospel of John, with this stuff in mind, you'll, you'll remember the name John. I'm going to write it down. Write it down. Good for you. John. Yeah, it's in, the, it's in the New Testament side, on the right-hand side, John. And just read that, and you'll read about the Lamb of God, fully God, dying to take your place so that you could have your sins forgiven. Fair enough? Yeah. Dude, I'm glad we bumped into each other. Got a lot in common. Not everything, but a lot. Definitely. Hey, thanks for the chat. Thank you. I appreciate it. See ya. It's Witness Wednesday on Wretched Radio. Sorry to ask you to do some arithmetic, but this is some math that will encourage you and make you very, very happy. This is one testimony of a mother who chose life because she saw her own baby, courtesy of an ultrasound from Preborn. I was terrified. I really didn't know what to do. The first time I saw the ultrasound, I was just amazed. I was like, oh my gosh, is that my baby? And I, like, I heard her heartbeat, and I just, I just fell in love. If I could care about my daughter this much, if I could love my daughter this much, how much does God love me? Now take that one testimony and multiply it by 54,253 because that is the number of babies that were saved last year because of ultrasounds at preborn centers. Would you please help us grow that number by providing as many ultrasounds as possible at preborn.org slash wretched, preborn.org slash wretched. Hey, thanks for listening to Wretched Radio today. Truly, we are grateful for your support when you tune in and you consume all of the content that we've been able to produce. And we've only been able to produce the content because of the help and support of our monthly gospel partners. And let's talk about that in just a moment. We love that you have been here with us. We couldn't be more thrilled to have you here with us. Have you ever considered what it might look like if you were to take that next step and join us as an ongoing monthly gospel partner? Now, please don't receive this in the wrong way that it's intended. Don't, please don't. We're not all about the money around here. We do not want to be greedy or sound like we're trying to be, but we cannot help but dream about what we could accomplish together if you were able to join us in the mission to spread the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ to millions of people all over the world. Just log on to wretched.org slash donate or text the word wretched to the number 44321 if you still have questions about what it might look like in your life. Wretched. Amazing grace, amazing gospel. I know how you're feeling at the thought of switching from traditional health insurance to MediShare, which is affordable biblical health sharing. That's a big decision, and it can be kind of scary, which is why Mrs. Freel and I researched MediShare and determined, yeah, we can trust this ministry, Christians paying for the health needs of other Christians. It's a magnificent ministry, 98% member satisfaction rate. It's amazing. The average family saves $500 per month. If that sounds intriguing, and I hope it does, please do your research. Visit metashare.com slash wretched, metashare.com slash wretched, or call them and talk to a really nice person at 844-34-BIBLE, 844-34-BIBLE, 844-34-BIBLE. God has given the church many gifts for the building up of the body. One gift is the ability to discern between true and false spirits. Satan masquerades as an angel of light, and many false teachers present their lies as God's truth. But God has given us His truth, and He has equipped us to tell true from false in accordance with His Word. 
This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. This is Wretched Radio. It's Witness Wednesday at Georgia Tech. There's a dude standing here on the corner. Hey, young man, while you're standing here, can I ask you a question on the radio? Sure. What are you waiting for? Waiting for my brother to walk by. Oh, your brother to walk by. Cool. What are you studying here at Georgia Tech? Mechanical engineering. Sure. All right, where yeah. are you from, dude? Atlanta. Atlanta. Yeah. The Bible Belt. Right? The Bible Belt. This is the Bible Belt. You've never heard that term before? No. Get out of it. You're not from Atlanta then. I'm not even from Atlanta, and I know the term. Bible, this is where all the Christians are. Okay. You know, like Southern Baptists, and it's like Atlanta, Tennessee, Arkansas. It's the Bible Belt. Okay. Well, now you learned something new today. Okay. You must not be a Bible Belter yourself. I'm Catholic, so I guess you would. Oh, well, that would maybe explain why. Okay, what's the difference between, say, a Catholic and a Southern Baptist? Probably the biggest difference is... Uh with communion, we receive communion at Mass, and they don't. Okay. And that's it? There's more differences. That's the big, that's the major one that pops into my mind, though. But don't Southern Baptists take communion, too? I don't believe so. I think they do. Some some denominations might, but I know that a lot don't. And I think Catholics there's, there's a difference, do. though, in the understanding of what that is. I think Roman Catholic is that literally becomes the body and blood of Jesus. Yes. A Southern Baptist would say, no, it just represents. It's still bread, it's still wine, but it represents the body and blood of Jesus. Yeah, I can see that. And I think the Roman Catholic understanding would be that that ceremony is done for the forgiveness of sins, whereas a Southern Baptist would be, no, it's symbolic that Jesus shed his blood for us, but the elements don't forgive our sins. Jesus does. All right, so tell me, as a Roman Catholic, do you go to church a lot? I do. You do? Really? Every Sunday? Good for you. So, dude, tell me, as a Roman Catholic, what do you think about the afterlife? What's going to happen to you when you die? I believe that you're judged and that uh, you try to go to heaven. It's the whole point. You try to live your life like a good Christian to try to go to heaven. So to be a good person? Yes. Have you been a good person? I believe so. How good do you have to be exactly? I'm very curious. I'd like to know. I have a personal stake in this. <laughs> Will I be judged too? I think everyone's judged. All right, how good do you so, have to be? Well, I don't think there's any human standards that we could possibly What measure. about the Ten Commandments? Well, you could start with that. Have you, you kept follow, the Ten Commandments? If you follow the Ten Commandments, then yeah. For the most part. <laughs> really? Have you ever told a lie? Of course I've lied. Oh. So you haven't kept the Ten Commandments? No. No human no. can keep all Ten Commandments their entire life. No. Oh, I'm not arguing with you. Answer. No, I agree with you. Sure. Right, what about stealing? That's one of them, right? Yes. Have you stolen anything? Not lately, but I have. In the, hmm? so. All right, so that's two out of ten. All right. Has <laughs> God always keep been... keep a record of me? Well, no, <laughs> I'm not. Has, has God always been first in your life? Not all the time. And that's, that's a true answer, but it should be. I so agree, yeah. No, I agree. There's, there's times when uh, I've had some down points in my life, and it's hard to believe you know, that God's still there, but he is, so. Yeah, yeah. Okay, what about taking his name in vain, blasphemy? Yes, that's also one. And yes, I've done that before. Okay, what so. about lust? Purity of thought, you know, what's going on in your brain? Oh, I think everyone has those feelings, but I've, I've never acted on anything. So. No, I don't, I don't disagree, because but didn't Jesus say that if you just look with lust, you've committed adultery in your heart? Because God sees what goes on inside of our heart and in our head, right? Yes, and that, that's a very high standard. So. I know it. It's an impossible standard. Yeah. I agree with you. Okay, so you've broken five of the commandments. <laughs> five out of ten, right? Sure. 
Okay, so have you been good enough to go to heaven? I think so. I don't understand, though. If you've broken those commandments, that doesn't sound like good enough to me. You see, nobody can keep all ten commandments their whole life. That's that's what makes us human. I but agree with do, that. When you do commit a sin, right? Um, if you're truly sorry for it and you go to confession, then um, in a way that shows that you're making up for that, for lack of a better word. So in order to have my sins forgiven, I need to go confess them to a man. Is that right? Yes. Okay, where does Jesus come into all of this? Dying on a cross, shedding mm-hmm. his blood. What, where does that play into it? I think that was the the ultimate sign that he's... Um, He gave himself for us so that we can have a better life. How's about that he gave himself as the payment for our sins so that we could have our sins forgiven? That he died, he lived the perfect life, he kept mm-hmm. all the commandments, he never lied or lusted. Mm-hmm. God was always first, he kept the commandments perfectly, mm-hmm. took the punishment that we deserve from God for breaking his laws, died on a cross, rose from the dead as the payment for our sins. You've broken God's law, I've broken God's law, but Jesus died to pay the fine so that if we'll respond to the good news, his goodness will be credited to our account, our badness put on him, and we'll go to heaven not because we've just confessed our sins, but because Jesus has paid the penalty for our sins so that we can have our sins forgiven, justice can be satisfied, and God can demonstrate mercy. How's about that? I don't think Jesus paid a penalty. I don't think that's... Oh, right wow. Really? What? So what was he doing on it the was, cross? It was a... Penalty means, I guess, implies that... Uh, or, yeah, I guess you could be saying it's from a human penalty. Like, uh, humans decided that he needed punishment. It certainly wasn't a punishment that he deserved, I guess. That's I know. I, I agree. Means, that's so. the whole point. Yeah. Jesus, the, the just, dying for the unjust, you and me... It was our badness that he died for. He was the innocent dying for the guilty so that our badness can be put on him, our guilt credited to his account, and his innocence credited to our account so that we can die and go to heaven because of the good work that Jesus has done as the payment for our sins. Yes. That would be good news, yes. wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. That our sins are forgiven, and it's not our goodness, but it's his that merits heaven for us. In a sense, it is. Yeah. And that's the standards that we try to hold. So yeah. We try to set ourselves to. Well, the standard is we keep falling short of the standard. That's our yep. problem. Yeah. And so God is actually angry at us for breaking his laws. But Jesus satisfies the wrath of the Father because of what he did on the cross for us. I wouldn't say that God's necessarily angry with us. I mean, I'm sure it's kind of an insult, I would say, to, to commit a sin, but... Uh, to be angry, he's 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 merciful. So I agree with that. He understands that we're human. We don't know why we're this way. You know why we can't be perfect. So that's what makes us human. Well, so. but you've been angry, and it hasn't been a sin. I know it. Like if you've ever watched the news and you see some little kid who gets raped or beaten yeah. up, you go, oh, I'm you mad a, about you that." Have a right to be angry. I mean, that's Jesus right. got angry when yeah. they were when they were selling wares in the he got angry at people they should I agree been doing it, so you're right. but God is right angry, angry at us for breaking his laws for living in rebellion to him for being the gods of the, our own universe and he's angry at that and that's right for him to be angry sure but he's good too so here's the tension mm-hmm. okay God's mad at sinners 
you're right about that. We're, we agree with that. He's mad at sinners, but you also mentioned he's loving, mm-hmm. and he's merciful, and he's good. But do you see the tension going on here? Yes. He's got to punish you, but he loves you, and he wants to save you. Mm-hmm. In order to accomplish both of those things, Jesus, fully God, fully man, died on the cross on your behalf so that God's wrath could be satisfied, justice could be satisfied. See, if God just went, well, boys will be boys, I'm going to let them go, that wouldn't be just or loving. But if there's a payment, justice can be satisfied. You can be forgiven. He's still righteous and just, and he can demonstrate his kindness and his love to you because of what Jesus did. That's the good news of the gospel, so that all of your sins can be forgiven. But here's the big question. How do you get that goodness applied to your account? That's the biggie. Okay. But what do you need to do to have your sins forgiven? What needs to happen? Well, you start with confession. Yeah. And then what that basically is, is you talk with the priest and you tell him what sins you've committed. And he provides you with some direction. Most likely, either you sinned against God or you sinned against somebody else. Mm-hmm. So he provides you with some direction as to how you can make up for that pretty much. Let me suggest this, and I'll scoot. Okay. All right? You can't make up for it. And you don't need to go to a man. You can go directly to God himself and confess your sins to him and say you're sorry and turn from your sins and put your trust in Jesus, and then what Jesus did will be good enough for you. Because if you're trying to do good to merit God's favor, then what that does is it makes you worthy of salvation. But what the Bible says is we're not worthy, but Jesus is so that he can get all the credit, so that everything he did for you by dying on a cross, so that he can get praised for all of his goodness, if you take credit for it, you rob him of his glory. You've got to apologize to God and turn from your sins and put your trust in him, and then Jesus did it all for you. It's faith alone in Jesus alone so that God can get the credit alone. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. Well, something to ponder, mm-hmm. right? Thanks, thanks, dude. All right, man. Hey, thanks for the chat. All right, dude? No See ya. All right. There is a big difference between Protestantism and Roman Catholicism, and you heard it loud and clear, did you not? If you go to a man and confess your sins and he tells you to do something to make up for your sins, then you are the one who is meriting forgiveness, you are the one who is earning heaven, and you are going to get the credit for it. That's not the way God set it up. He set it up so that he gets all the credit, and that's good news for us because we should know we can't do enough to make up for our sins. It takes a perfect sacrifice, a sinless one, and we have one. His name is Jesus. He died on a cross for you. Repent and trust him today, and until tomorrow, go serve your king.